In today's episode, we are going to be talking with Raina, a friend of mine who is a counselor with a master's in social work who is learning to spend money on her health by overcoming guilt. In Raina's case, she's been working through feeling guilt or shame about spending money on herself for her health, learning how to charge more from her clients so that she can afford to take care of her health, and learning to be okay with the fact that she may spend more money on her health than others around her are able to. As you are listening to the episode, I want to invite you to think about, is guilt or shame causing you to hold back in your health? Do any of Raina's stories or circumstances resonate with you? I know that for me in my past, I have dealt with a great deal of shame or guilt for supporting my health, and that has included me having free time to run, spending money on organic food, or even paying for a health practitioner to help me find the root cause of my health problems. I myself have felt like I should only take a certain route to health, or I'm sick because I haven't done something right, and so I don't deserve doing something more, or I shouldn't spend more than a certain amount on myself and my health. In today's episode, we are diving in with another woman who has a deep sense of care and love for others, and we are talking with her on how she is growing and also deeply loving and caring for herself. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Awesome. So guys, I am so excited to have my friend Raina on the show today. Raina is a licensed master's in social work. She actually has two other degrees. She has two other certifications, which I actually don't even know what they are. MPH and CYT. Actually, Raina, can you share what, what are those? Yeah. So I have a master's in public health and then I'm a certified yoga teacher. So she's really smart and she's (laughs) the way she uses all this information is so she's a somatic therapist, coach, and educator. And so somatic having to do with the body, she incorporates Mm -hmm. both body practices and, and the fact that our bodies are living corporal beings and engage that with our brain to help um, specifically release trauma and oppression um, and improve our capacity to thrive. So uh, other things that she believes 
This is what she has told me. She believes that individual societal <laughs> transformation is made possible when we center our bodies, pleasure, relationship, and culture in healing, which I'm all about. And through her work, she seeks to support others in living fully with presence and agency. Raina, thank you so much for being on the Better Belly podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So the reason I, guys, that I wanted to bring on Raina Day today is because we had an interesting conversation a few days ago. It was like, I don't know, a week ago. And I was like, Raina, can we have you on the podcast? And the conversation <laughs> went like this. We were catching up and because we've known each other for a few years now. And Raina ended up, you ended up saying something about like, Allison, I've been going through this transformation of of money and like how I see, um, and you probably can honestly say it better, but basically how you were, how much you were willing to pay for your health or how, how much, how you were valuing your body and your health, both in your work and in self-care. And I was mm -hmm. so fascinated by what you were sharing and it felt just so clear. And we've kind of been going through a journey on the Better Belly podcast right now mm -hmm. of, of really realizing that money can be a part of the reasons we're not getting better or reasons we're struggling mm -hmm. in that. So I wanted to start with the question, Raina, can you tell us what your journey has been like on this transformation? And, and even if I mess something up, get right, <laughs> tell, tell the listeners what you've been experiencing. Sure. Yeah. So there was kind of a few different things happening in my life. Um, you know, since grad school, I've been primarily working as a therapist and I just wasn't exactly making the money that I needed to thrive. I was making enough to get by, which is very much part and parcel of like social work culture. Um, I think many folks enter this field on, with a, this sort of framework that you're not in it for the money because frankly, there's not a lot of money in helping professions, right? When we think yes. about social workers, teachers, et cetera, I mean, doctors get paid a lot of money, but um, other than that, um, helping people is not something that's actually highly valued in our society um, and in our economy. And so I just wasn't making what I needed to make, but I, I was accepting it because I thought that this was the way it was supposed to be. And then last summer, um, I've struggled with chronic pain most of my life. I've had um, back injuries and, and other things, right? And I learned in the fall that actually my back injury was more severe than I realized. I've been living with a pretty stable, but a stable fracture in um, one of my vertebrae that now, you know, developed arthritis and potentially been there for up to 10 years. And my pain was just getting to the point where it was really impeding with my life. Um, you know, I have a puppy and I was having difficulty walking her. I was starting to have difficulty doing things around my home. Um, but I would go to physical therapy. I would get the, you know, approved amount of sessions um, and still have to pay most of the session fee, right? Because my insurance wasn't actually covering it. I didn't have a copay. Um, and then, you know, I would use up my sessions and I would be done and I would notice myself like, okay, I'm fine, right, right, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just like trying to tell myself that I was fine when I wasn't. Um, and so when I realized actually the severity of my injury, uh, I realized that I, I had to really kick my care, my self-care into gear 
Um, and frankly, I couldn't do that without money. <laughs> you know, being self-employed, I have to purchase my own health insurance and there's all the other overhead costs being self-employed, right? And unfortunately, I think for chronic pain, um, much of what people find resourceful are tools that are outside of what most insurance companies are going to reimburse. So some insurance companies reimburse for acupuncture, chiropractic, many do not, right? Um, craniosacral therapy, definitely not covered under my insurance plan. Yes. Um, you know, CBD um, oil, not covered under my insurance plan, right? So I literally needed to make more money to feel better. And I had a really enlightening conversation with a financial therapist and coach, Lindsay Brian Podvin, highly recommend her. Her Could business you, is- Yeah, what's her business yeah. name? <laughs> her business name is My Money Balance. Yeah. And you say, and is it my, like M-Y or M-I-N-D? Like mind is in your mind. mind. Yeah. Money balance. Love it. We're going to put that in the show notes, y'all keep talking. Yeah. She's great. She's got some freebies and a great book, but, um, yeah. And I realized that I was making myself so accessible to my clients financially, um, that my life, my health and wellness was actually inaccessible to me. And that's like a, was a hard you know, pill to swallow. Can you, <laughs> so to speak. Can first. you say it one more time too? Because guys, when the, I, I, I think uh, you probably remember this Raina when she first said it to me, I think I like squealed or something. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. What yeah. you said was so validating and powerful. And, and for people and for people listening, like I want you, you might not be a master's in social work or a counselor mm-hmm. or something, but mm-hmm. you might be a mom and you are mm-hmm. in, that's a helping profession. Let me be real. It's a helping yeah, and very totally. low paid. Probably if you consider it, maybe I guess you could consider it unpaid, unpaid right. work. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a mom, it's expected it, labor. Yeah. And, and even if you just have a job where maybe you're not, mm-hmm. you're not making as much, but, but tell, say that again, Raina. I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> So I realized that in making myself, you know, overly accessible to everyone else, that my life and wellness was actually inaccessible to me. Oh, so good. And mm-hmm. keep, keep talking. This is, and, and then you're really talking about boundaries, right? Um, in some ways, right. Um, right. you know, what, mm-hmm. what will you give yourself? And for some people it's money. Like if you own a business, what will you sell yourself for more or less? And other sure. people, maybe it's, it's your time and your boundaries. Like, can you say, honey, no, I, I need to have time alone asking a partner, like, can you help with X, Y, Z in the house so that I can rest or whatever it is. Um, so what you're talking about while we're talking about money can also be applied to other areas of our lives and we can see it seeping into other areas of our lives. Yeah, totally. There are so many things that we accept as the way things are or should be right. That keep us stuck. And I think for me to, um, you know, as a black woman, I, I, I noticed that the trend, especially in, in private practice, and even for people who work at agencies is that, you know, we tend to want to work with the people who look like us, you know, have our experiences. And so what happens is that a lot of therapists in private practice, black therapists end up just systematically making way less, right, than their white counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really just became this, 
you know, not just personal um, point of reflection for me, but also thinking about, um, you know, systemically what this means and how to, how to get out of that, right? I mean, I think there are many, many people who um, make less than, who are, who are underemployed, right? And we know that that tends to be women, people of color, queer folks, right? Yeah. Right. So it and so, like, and, oh, oh, go ahead. And so you were wrestling with that of like, that's like, you take that so heavily of like, am I, that makes the conversation even harder for you because mm-hmm. suddenly are you allowed to charge more? Right. And then are you allowed to even spend money on your own body? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and maybe in a way that, you know, some of your clients are not and, and yes. like, like, and so the reason I wanted to have Raina on the podcast guys is I realized some of not, maybe a lot of you aren't lis- listening are not in a helping profession or, or mm-hmm. not, not in the same situation, but, but we all have a reason in our mind why we feel we can't spend money on ourselves or why we feel yeah. that it's wrong Absolutely. or it's bad or it's greedy or it's, mm-hmm. um, like maybe, mm-hmm. uh, not, uh, not, not frugal, but not appropriate. It's just like mm-hmm. unwise. And so Raina, what, I know you said you got actually got a financial coach, which is big. Mm-hmm. Like, first off, you have to pay money to someone to mm-hmm. pay money for that. But then, um, what, what were some of the things that you saw come through that or what were some of the things you learned that helped you walk through that? Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, I think I started to learn more and more about my own agency in owning my own business. Um, it's easy to fall into black and white thinking about I either need a sliding scale or I need to charge $500. I mean, I'm exaggerating, right? <laughs> and I, and I learned more and more about the ways that I could structure my business and set it up for long-term success and also create opportunities to provide things that were accessible at different levels, right? To, so that I, I have that diversity in my reach, but I'm also serving myself and laying a foundation so that, you know, maybe someday I can do more pro bono work. Um, so I really started to explore just other models, other people. Um, and I honestly really turned to my community too, who were all, uh, for the most part, just over the top um, encouraging of me and like validating that the fee I decided to charge that I was worth it with two master's degrees right and a certified certification teaching yoga among other training that I've paid thousands of dollars for yes (laughs) yes um one one thing I wanted to share and I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna share this now is this story I was thinking of that I heard actually from a sales coach a little while ago and I know that um, you, you know, you just talked about paying thousands of dollars. And like, when, when someone comes to you, Raina, you have a lot of experience. And when someone has their first conversation with you, their second, mm-hmm. whatever, um, you don't bring just an hour to their life. Mm-hmm. You bring mm-hmm. thousands of hours of experience mm-hmm. and knowledge and know-how. And so the story, here's the story when you're buying health or when you're buying improvement in anything. Um, I think sometimes we can get a little iffy if we're like, we're trying to get the lowest hourly rate perhaps. Right. And, and while let sure, let's be wise with our money. What you really actually want to be buying is results. 
Right. And so mm-hmm. if, if I could come to you, Raina and get, and spend five hours with you or like five sessions mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's not necessarily realistic, but like, maybe I know I have clients mm-hmm. who come to me and in five sessions have gotten what they want. You know, if right. I could go to you and in five sessions, make huge like breakthrough in, in my, mm-hmm. I'd say my somatics, my body and my, my, mm-hmm. my mind and my emotions and mm-hmm. my stability, that's worth way more to me than having to spend 15 hours or 20 hours or 500 hours mm-hmm. with somebody and either not get results or it literally just take more time. And so the, the story goes by this, when we buy something, there's this, um, man, or there's this cruise ship and on the cruise ship, it's a maiden voyage of this beautiful new cruise ship. And mm-hmm. the, the, the captain is about to turn on the boat and get it going. And, the, and, and it, they're full, they have everybody in it. They're ready to go. And everyone's so excited. We're going to, mm-hmm. this cruise ship is going to get going. And, and then when they go to turn it on, it doesn't turn on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this happens to us mm-hmm. in our lives where, right. Where mm-hmm. I know this happens in our lives where we like, we go to get out of bed and then the pain hits, you know, like you have yeah. this moment. And so the, the, the captain is like, so embarrassed. He's so ashamed. And he, they immediately start scrounging and all the engineers on the boats are like, we can't figure out what's going on. And they change something and they restart mm-hmm. it and it doesn't turn on and they change something else. And they tell the captain to restart mm-hmm. it and it doesn't turn on. And now they're panicking. And I think that happens to us. We like change something in our diet. We like do a little something here. We do a little dance and we're like, And then we like start the next day thinking maybe it'll get better. And then it doesn't. And so, so the captain's like, what can you do to fix this? And one of the engineers on the boats is like, okay, we know the guy who actually built the boat, he retired recently. And so that's why he's not here. And the captain's like, get me that man. So a couple hours pass, the guy comes on, he's this old guy and he's just wearing normal clothes and he's not even carrying any, any tools and just has this little red wrench in his coat pocket. And they're all like, is this guy actually going to fix something? All the engineers are like, seriously. And he walks on the boat and he's just taking his time. And he takes out his little red wrench and he starts tapping, tapping different parts of the boat. And he's tapping and he's tapping and he's just listening. And they're all like, this man's crazy. What's going on? And after just a few minutes, he's tapping some of the plumbing and he taps and he taps and he goes back to another one. And then he like nods and he taps three times, tap, tap, tap. And then he looks at the engineers and he says, tell the captain to turn on the boat. And the captain turns on the boat and it, and it turns on and they're all so excited. And the captain's relieved and they're like, we have a schedule we need to keep. We're getting out. So they usher the guy off the boat and they head out to sea and everything's hunky dory. A few days later, the captain receives an invoice from this engineer and the end and the invoice says, uh, $13,000. And the captain's like, what, this is ridiculous. And he's like, I don't want to have to pay this. And so he he take, he's like, no, no, I know what I'm going to do. I'm smart. I'm going to ask him for an itemized receipt. So he is, he emails the guy back and he goes, I would like an itemized receipt of this charge. And a few minutes later, he receives a response with his itemized receipt. And what it says on it is $5 little red wrench, knowing where to tap 12,995. And it is in the knowing that we find our, it's in the knowing that we find our result. Like it's you mm-hmm. knowing where mm-hmm. to tap. And, mm-hmm. and so 
like you went to a financial coach because she was going to know where to tap. Mm-hmm. Like you could just sit there and read all these books and do all this stuff, but like right. you went to somebody else. And I, I was just trying to think, like, I really have been wanting to share that story. I'm curious. Have you ever heard that story before Raina? Yeah. You have? Yeah. So you're breaking up a little bit. I oh. like heard most of what you said, but I didn't hear that question that you Okay, said. that's okay. I said, um, ha- are you familiar with that story? Had you heard it before? No, no, but it's so true, right? I mean, it's we have to it's we have to kind of be curious and in like interrogate a little bit more than we just like kind of autopilot do, right? Like here we are, we've been actually sold this message that we can buy quick fixes, mm. right? Like we have, we have been sold for a long time that that's the way that we can fix ourselves, right? Or that we can that, Google quick fixes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And not that actually things take time. And that, right, like the point of your story that the resources involved in being able to solve these mysteries, whatever they are, a, a broken boat or a broken back. <laughs> yeah. Take expertise, right? Take expertise and knowledge. And mm-hmm. what what were some of the things that helped you decide to like you wanted to invest in your body? Like, I'm going to change. Do you remember like key moments mm-hmm. or what was that like for you? of it I think is just aging right and and thinking like okay I'm in my 30s now I'm going to be in my 60s hopefully someday and if my pain is at the level that it is now where am I going to be then if I don't really really invest in understanding it now and like working on it right now I think that was the biggest thing it was Fear, but you know, in health education, one of the things we always say is fear doesn't work unless you know what you can do about it or feel like you have self-efficacy, right? Mm. To like take action. Um, and so, I mean, I think in a way also paying someone and actually getting the, the uh, x-ray, for instance, right, that I wish that I had for 10 years, Yeah. Um, that, that was like, oh, okay. Um, now I see, right. I've got someone here who's telling me this is severe and we can do something about it. (laughs) Mm. You said this is the fear. Uh, yeah. 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 And I love that. And that's interesting because there's, there's maybe fear of, I know I have a lot of people who come to me and I can tell they're kind of afraid of things not working. There's that fear, Yeah. but then there's the fear of it going on. Like, right. Exactly. And, and that's, that can be a really important and motivating thing to realize like that yeah. for many of us, we don't want it to be an option of like yeah. wanting to be able to pick up our grandkids or for you walk mm-hmm. your dog. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, just being able to embrace that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I found interesting is that you had to have conversations with your clients about your price raise. And Mm -hmm. you told me that you were actually able to kind of talk people through and almost like 
have like, I think I, I don't remember how, how we were talking about this, but like almost like have therapy with people around money and have some conversations. Yeah. Can you tell us what some of those conversations were like that you had with people and what were some of the things that you guys talked about? Right. Well, you know, in, in therapy is everything is a clinical issue, right? Because therapy is about um, not just ourselves and our personal emotional experience, but, you know, biologically, our emotions have so much to do with our relationships and our connections. And therapy is a relationship based experience, right? So talking about money is really always um, a clinical issue, whether it's you know, about the, um, the price or how, how um, frequently you collect money or how quickly someone pays you back or whatever it is. Um, yeah. That's just a place, when I say it's a clinical issue, I don't mean it's a problem. I just mean it's a point for us to be curious about how we're engaging with it. Um, and so it opened the door for more of those conversations and also for, I think, um, one of the things you and I were talking about was like a bit of education because it's really confusing to clients or patients or patrons or whatever, right? Why you might charge what you charge. If yeah. you don't have that business, know like know how of like what goes behind all of it. Right. Like I appreciate so much more now when I come to see you, right. And I pay you your fee, like it totally makes mm. more sense in my body. Right. Tell me, wait, um, wait, what do you mean by that? It makes more sense in your body. Yeah. I'd like to hear actually more about that. Well, I think on an intellectual level, many of us might say, oh, well, so-and-so's worth a lot, right? They're good at their job. Um, but it still feels like, man, but I'm really gonna hand over $200 for this hour session, right? That's that like wondering, do you, do we value our bodies enough? Do I value my body? And do I value this person's body, right? Who's putting in this effort? Mm-hmm. And their, and their, their um, knowledge, their know-how, their ability yeah. to tap at the right area. <laughs> right. And do I, and do I trust that they're, they're being honest with me about their fee, right? Yes. Do I trust them that they are charging what they need to live? Also, another thing that when you were saying that reminds me of like, do I trust myself in choosing somebody? Yeah. Can yeah, you do I trust that I'm choosing the right resource? Yeah. Um, we actually just recorded a podcast um, that should be out by the time your podcast comes out. And it's going to be on like how to find a good health practitioner. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I talk about as like a kind of um, cliffhanger or something, go check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes mm -hmm. is is when kind of like when you go to buy a car, we, I compared when you go to buy a car, you already know what the key features are you want. So when mm -hmm. I go to, you know, if I were to go to a chiropractor, I'm not expecting him to fix all my problems. I'm expecting, mm -hmm. expecting him to fix certain ones. And I also mm -hmm. don't go to just any chiropractor. I look for ones that, that fit a criteria and you and mm -hmm. I actually go to the same chiropractor cause he's awesome. Mm -hmm. And also he's coming onto the podcast. If he's not already on <laughs> already, um, things get so funny when we record and then things release later. And 
and, and what they do is they do, they also realize that muscles hold bones in place. And so Mm -hmm. you have muscle strengthening and stretching techniques that Mm -hmm. they, that they give. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, you want to trust yourself. Do I know that's a good time to start maybe blogging, like looking at blogs or reading books. Mm -hmm. So not so you can fix yourself almost Mm -hmm. as much as you know how to find somebody who can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, all, I mean, what we're talking about too is um, not just the financial investment in our health, but um, are we engaged and um, informed about our health and our health care and the cost that goes into it? Right. Yeah. Cause it shouldn't be a secret. Yes. It shouldn't be like, okay, the doctor costs $300 for this appointment and like Ten why minute does appointment. It cost that much yeah why <laughs> yeah. And we actually have another episode on that um, that goes through the history of health insurance called why, Three Reasons We It's Hard to Invest in Ourselves. So that's uh, episode 23 uh, that's coming out or that is already out and why it's so hard. And we'll have, a, we'll have a link in the show notes. And we actually go through some of the reasons why there's hidden costs and hidden fees with health insurance and where it came from. Fun fact, it started in World War II, um, but <laughs> I, there is, there's a lot of reasons why it's, the costs are hidden. And then we now, unlike when we buy a car, I, I think I generally, because of just a couple things, I have an idea that a, a $6,000 worth of car, I know what that might include or not include. And then a $12,000 car or a $32,000 car you kind of get an idea of what things will and or will not include. Mm. And with, with medicine, it is, it takes a little bit longer. It's not nearly as clear um, to mm. understand how much things are costing. Cause we're not seeing prices. We're being told that yeah. we shouldn't be paying. Um, it sh- everything should be covered by health insurance, which isn't the case with like car insurance. Car insurance doesn't pay for everything. It doesn't pay for gas yeah. and oil. And um And so it's just hard. Then our heart comes and we're hurting and we're in pain and we don't trust ourselves and no one's taught us how to look for anybody. And we just want a Mm -hmm. quick solution because we're in pain Mm -hmm. and it's a very Mm -hmm. sensitive place to be. Um, Mm -hmm. It takes time. And that's, and that's one of the reasons, like when you guys are listening, I don't want you guys to hear Raina and I be like, (laughs) yeah, duh, you should pay more for your money or for your body. But, but our own journeys of going through that. And if you want to hear more of my journey, you can check out episode 33, where we talk about um, how I made a mistake with finding a chiropractor and paid someone money who was not good and wasted money. But then Mm. like how I use that to learn and, and, and questions you Mm -hmm. can use to find someone who's good. So um, Mm -hmm. like there's so much compassion um, around this whole thing. Well, totally. Raina, I know that you had a somatic, ex- like, uh, not experience, like, I don't know what you call practice. it. Practice. Yeah. Something yeah. to involve our body to actually engage yeah. with this topic. I'm, I don't actually don't know what it is, guys. I'm going <laughs> to let over the reins to Raina and Raina, you're going to take care of everything until, until, until you say you're done. Okay, great. So I think the first thing for framing is recognizing that, um, like I said, right, our emotions are so much about our relationships and our sense of security and physical, emotional, relational, systemic safety, whatever, right? Um, 
And so there are different things that uh, we use as resources to help us um, feel that safety if it's there, right? It's not always there, but that's the, the truth of it, right? And even financially, um, there are definitely going to be people listening. There are many people in the world who just don't make enough to be able to decide how they want to um, use their money to resource themselves, right? There are more bills and there's money coming in the door. Um, but whether you're there and you're struggling financially, or even if you have an abundance of money, right? Um, or even if you're somewhere in the middle, money is a resource, just like an emotional coping skill we might use, um, uh, just like a hug from someone, calling someone and talking on the phone. Hmm. Um, it is not just an object. It carries emotional weight hmm. that we feel in our bodies. And we might not always be conscious of it, but it's there. So I wanted people to sort of drop in for a moment, but first just kind of look around your space I always like this because this gives you a chance to really um, let the body register where you are and that you're hopefully very safe in this physical space that you're in. So you can look around and for the body nerds, you kind of want your shoulders, your psoas, your hips to engage here. So you're not just staying still, but maybe kind of twisting through the torso, pulling hips back. Like your whole body gets to engage in this orientation. Looking around. And then find the ground. So that could be literally feet on the ground or it could be feeling yourself in your chair or your bed or your car seat. Be mindful if you're driving <laughs> and just feel what's touching the ground, the chair. Let yourself drop into now. I'm totally okay if that's challenging. Just kind of take note. So feeling the ground, the chair, whatever sort of touching, whatever is gravity is pulling you into. And one of the things that we do in somatics is that we track and notice our physical experience. So that involves our thoughts our emotions, what our five senses are picking up on, what movements or impulses, voluntary or involuntary in the body that we're noticing and what body sensations we're experiencing. So just start to notice what happens in your body when you think about money.
Is there a constriction? Is there an opening? Is it pleasant, unpleasant? Maybe noticing the thoughts that come into your head, maybe noticing what emotions come up, maybe feeling in the body sensations or just noticing memories. And we're just noticing without judgment here. Because the point is like, right, this isn't all cognitive. We don't just make decisions. Our body tells us what decisions we feel comfortable making. What's your body's general attitude towards money? And you might notice how comfortable you even are being with what comes up. And the invitation is neither, is not to um, force anything here, but just to notice and then maybe stay with. So if your tendency is to avoid what you're feeling, staying with for a moment. If your tendency is to maybe obsess, just seeing if you can hold yourself a little bit back from diving too deep cognitively. And notice now, what happens in your body when I ask you, are you making enough money? What does your body want to do? And if there's any big feedback coming from your body, maybe physical sensation or sort of like a tensing, just bring your hand there. Just as if to say like, hey, I'm here with you as you're feeling what you're feeling. Now I want you to think about how do you spend money on your health? How do you feel about how you spend money on your health? Just noticing almost like um, an outside observer a little bit, bird's eye view of what's happening in the body and even in the mind. As you think about if you make enough money and how you spend that money on your health and well-being.
And the invitation now is to bring one hand to the heart if it's not already there, or you can keep your hand where it's at, that's totally fine. But an invitation to bring one hand to the heart and one hand to the back of your head. So like the base of your skull, the top of your neck. And then from here, you can experiment. You can keep the hand at the base of the skull and bring your other hand on your forehead instead of your heart. Just see if you can find somewhere. This practice is called self-holding. Kind of hold yourself here. So it's partly, I think, what happens when we get in touch with these layers of sensation and emotion is we kind of get in touch with old parts of ourselves, maybe even young parts of ourselves that carry burdens and trauma and stories around money and our self-worth and how we should spend our money. And I just want to see if you can set an intention to start to be with these parts of you that hold emotions, assumptions, beliefs, behaviors, patterns around your money, how you spend it, how you earn it, and how it contributes to your well-being physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Because the first step of any somatic embodiment, like long-term practice, is, is just to notice and be curious. And we're not trying to change anything today. We just dropped a lot of information and reflections on you. Maybe some about your experience professionally some about your experience as a consumer of health, maybe elements in there related to the ways that you're privileged or the ways that you're oppressed. And knowing that our money and relationship to money is often intergenerational, both emotionally and behaviorally, we can just approach with curiosity instead of forcing change and see if we can hope and trust that we can continue to be in communication with ourselves and sort of working towards what feels like a healthy connection to our finances. Let a full breath move in and out. The intention comes across as a phrase. Hold that in your mind's eye. If the intention comes across in some somatic sensation, hold that. Just a couple more moments here.
And then slowly start to let your body come back to some normal position. Maybe wiggle your fingers and toes. Slowly open your eyes. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> I am so not wanting to break what Raina just did for us. I have to admit, <laughs> Raina, first off, thank you. Yeah. Um, second off, I wish we were in a big room, yeah. even a virtual room, honestly, uh, just a, a room where people could share what they just experienced. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. I mean, guys, if you want to share what you experienced, come onto our Instagram page. We have a post mm -hmm. and a comment. And if you just want to like find some other people and be like, wow, I experienced stuff. Like I experienced a roller coaster of experiences mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and I can imagine working with you, Raina, I bet that you can both guide people and let them do their own thing. But then there's also, I'm sitting here being like, I'm no, I'm something called a verbal processor. And yeah. like, then of course someone can tell you, and you can even say, what are you feeling? And then you, they'd mm -hmm. be able to share and process mm -hmm. even still mm -hmm. with what I like that you said that this is about mm -hmm. curiosity and it's also mm -hmm. not about changing anything yet. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's so helpful yeah. in healing. I bet you could talk a lot about it. I know I, I think some of the biggest things I've seen in my own healing and my clients healing is when we take off that pressure to change yeah. and to fix, I need this fixed right now. And right. then suddenly it, you're just okay yeah. with yourself. You're okay with the yeah. fact that I had a memory come up. I had not thought of in a long time of being afraid I would be homeless when I grew up. Mm -hmm. And, um, that had nothing to do with my parents mm -hmm. or family financial situation. It had to do with one comment my mom had made out of mm -hmm. compassion. And she this is, this is so silly. She said something like she, she had compassion for homeless people. Cause she really felt like they're not too different than like, we're not mm -hmm. so far separated from them as we think we are. Mm -hmm. um, and we did a lot of homeless ministry growing up. Mm -hmm. And I, I internalized that so strongly that I kind of felt like, oh, I'm sure I could fall into homelessness any moment. Yeah. And when we were doing that, that practice just now that popped into my head and mm -hmm. I am remembering, um, how hard it was to learn how to spend even 50 cents more on myself to get non-dairy milk in my latte, you know, like 50 mm -hmm. cents was such a like, Oh, maybe I should just get black mm -hmm. coffee. Cause is it worth the 50 cents? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and so just for any of our listeners realizing, um, this would be a great time to journal, even just mm -hmm. so you can remember what you experienced to share it on our Instagram yeah. or, yeah. or honestly work with Raina. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I have openings and and also, like, start these conversations with your people, right? Mm. Because money is something that we don't talk about, but I absolutely think we should. You know, I bought a house last year, and, you know, I actually really loved how open people seem to be about talking about how much they paid for their homes, right? And I was like, why do we talk about this? but we don't talk about other things, right? And I know right. there's also stigma around talking about how much you paid for your home, but um, 
But yeah, the more that we talk, I think the more that that contributes to, it's not something that has to hide in, in secret and shame. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, so beautiful. Well, Raina, thank you so much for guiding us today for being vulnerable and sharing your story. Um, Thank you also Mm. for just bringing in, we weren't even able to dive into it very much, but the fact that there's intergenerational stuff, there's racial Mm. things going on, there's oppression Mm. and, and you, you really very gently at least address that they're all players. They're all players mm-hmm. in the conversation on money and there there's mm-hmm. no judgment. There's just realization that and embracing where we are, where we've been and, and that knowing that helps us at least have an idea of where we can go and where we are going. Yeah, totally. So on that note, a little bit, um, I do want to say, share with listeners that Raina has a freebie. She has a resource for y'all that she's created. It's called the self-care syllabus, and we're going to have a link in the show notes, but, uh, Raina, can you tell us about it? It sounds awesome. And I, (laughs) please explain it. Yeah. So I developed the self-care syllabus like five or so years ago, um, during the time when I feel like self-care was really becoming like a social media thing, an Instagram thing. I was in school at the time and I feel like self-care is something that's often talked about in academic spaces. Um, and I, and you know, I think the, I, it, it's become such a buzzword, but the actual sort of concept of self-care really comes out of the ways that women and people of color, women of color, Um, have had to invest in caring for themselves in a system that doesn't make that care easily accessible. Hey, Raina. Facilitate it, right? Oh, Um, we lost you for a second, Raina. Could you, you lost right around the time where you're saying um, black women and people of color, I think you said. Right. Yeah. So when, and um, women of color, I think, especially um, the self-care movement really came from them realizing that, oh, this healthcare system isn't actually set up in our favor. And there are ways that we have to care for ourselves. So the idea is not, you know, fluffy self-care, but really that there are really deep foundational ways that to care for ourselves, care isn't provided for us, right? Did I break up again? <laughs> yeah, could you, and you were telling us that you had sections, like there's different sections in there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so there are sections that you can find literal resources for where can I do yoga online. There are sections that talk about the politicized nature of self-care and racialized trauma. There are sections for teachers and educators and therapists. Um, There are sections specifically for understanding stress and trauma. So, you know, my goal is really for people to be um, informed consumers of their health, informed about the logistics, the politics of it, the emotions of it, the history of it, as much as possible. 
I'm, I'm, I'm downloading this. I'm getting this resource. Yeah, yeah guys, <laughs> she sold <Yeah>. me. <laughs> so yeah. check that out. We, we're going to have a link in the show notes for y'all where you can check out Raina's self-care syllabus and also follow her on Instagram and check out our website. Um, she is so awesome. And Raina, it's such an honor that you came on and shared a little bit of your education, a little bit of your experience and helped encourage us in all of our journeys on our health. Thank you so much for having me. I'll just say, you know, on Instagram as well, I do have some short somatic practices. And like you said, people, you know, reach out to you, write comments on the, the blog, um, or excuse me, the podcast post comment, reach out to me as well. I want to hear what you like, what works, what doesn't questions. I love interacting. So, so good. Well, thank you, Raina, for being on the Better Belly podcast. Thank you for having me. Beginning of this episode, I invited you all to think about your own health story and if guilt or shame may be causing you to hold back in your health. For Raina, she has been working through multiple layers of mindset to come to the point of being all right with investing in her health. I love what she said in the middle of the episode. By making my life accessible to others, I was becoming inaccessible to myself. When she said this, a million lights went off in my head. This experience applies to so many women. Even if you are not a business owner, social worker, or even employed, you may be a mother, daughter, wife, partner. You sacrifice your own preferences, your time, and your money for your kids, your husband, and those around you. And while that is good, can you do the same for yourself? Woo! That is hard for even me to say, but it is so needed. You are important. You are valuable. Your body is valuable. And your body enables you to do what you need to do on a daily and hourly basis. You are worth it. You truly are. And there are answers out there for your health. If you, I found them, my clients have found them. And if you check out testimonials in episodes 21 and 13, we have, those are two stories of clients of mine that I found those answers. I've met also so many other phenomenal health practitioners that have done the same for their clients. You've got this and you are worth it. If you like this episode and want to stay connected, you can find Better Belly Therapies on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. Like us, follow us, say hello. Let us know what you loved about this episode. I love connecting with our listeners. Also, if you loved this episode and you thought of a friend while you were listening to it, I encourage you, take a quick screenshot and send it to that friend. I cannot think of how many times I'm told that these podcast episodes are encouraging and enlightening to our listeners. And if you thought of someone while you were listening, it might be life-giving to them too. For now, I'll end us with our podcastly quote, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. <laughs>